2: The Talksport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that order in today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You are watching and listening to Chris and Lester to I Die TV
2: on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Until I die TV. Taking a look back at the game. Right, Chris? All right there. All right the back. How are we? How the devil are we all? Happy with that draw? Watford? <laughs> at least they are one team we have managed to beat this season, um, which is more than can be said of Sunday. How are we feeling after that? Oh, annoyed? Well, We've got a show tonight, we're going to be, um, welcome on Josh from um, Aston Villa fansite, of you from the stands. One of us is going to be happy. I don't think it's going to be me somehow. <laughs> Good evening, Josh. Good evening. How are you? Oh, I've been better, I've got to be honest with you. Um, you must be happy.
1: Yeah, very happy. Um, you know, it was uh, one of those games where obviously we just lost to Manchester City in the midweek. Yeah. Um and, you know, it was sort of a fantastic start from Stephen back to reality playing Manchester City. And I just didn't know how the game was going to go before kickoff. It was one of them, Leicester. I think it's for many oppositions uh, this season. is We don't know what to make of Leicester. We don't know if we're yeah. going to come up against a very good Leicester or a Leicester yeah. who are there for the taking. And um, it was the second one for me on Sunday. It was a Leicester there for the taking. And that's absolutely what
2: happened. Unfortunately, it was. I mean, we are totally confused um and, and i i am ending up i know i am sounding like an arsenal fan here you know expecting that you know because we finished top five we should be finishing top five again i i know that's not going to be that hard but it's just a completely different leicester side i mean as, as a as opposition um team coming to play leicester you know all you've got to do is get a corner and you might as well, I mean, you know, I think it was Martin Tyler on Sky literally said, sometimes getting a corner against Leicester is as good as a goal. <laughs> literally, he hadn't finished saying that, and you got your second goal. Mm. <laughs> it was like, oh, it, I don't know. I mean, can we go back you know, to, to, take, to take you back as, as a Villa fan? What went wrong with Dean Smith?
1: Tough one. Um mm. It probably started back end of last season, really, where there was talks that actually Christian Perslow wasn't happy with the fact that we didn't push on to finish in Europe last season. It looked at one stage that we could have got top eight. Then our season sort of plateaued between March and April and we completely fell off. And from there, there was a little bit of unrest. And as I said, we've got these new owners who have got very lofty and high ambitions for Aston Villa and demand us to be in Europe. And... You know That's the expectations there. I think the one thing for Dean Smith that I think if you look back on now is A, a little bit of rubber the green didn't go his way. The, the bad mm. run starts from when we lost to Wolves 2-0 up and we ended up losing. Um, which, you know, again, you look back at that and you think we should never ever have lost that game being 2-0 yeah. up at home. But we did. From there on, it just completely capitulated. Dropping Tyrone Mings could have been seen as a brave decision, but didn't. But um, and I think maybe he became too pally and players weren't intimidated by him. I'd say intimidated mm-hmm. players weren't sort of, you know, in awe of Dean Smith in terms of his his regimented approach. And Gerard's could come in done the complete opposite. Um, and
2: it's fantastic to see. I mean, Dean Smith, he was a club legend, wasn't he, really? He got you promoted, but was it a case as well? I mean, you did have a bad look that your bad run seemed to be when sort of Grealish was out injured. And, you know, you can never say that any team is only one player, you know, but we might with Tillemans. But <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't really say that. But it did seem to coincide with that. But was it a case of maybe he just taking you as far as he could? Because managers do have sort of the limits, I guess, don't they? Possibly, yeah. He'll, he'll argue he was ready to take us to
1: Europe. Um, for me, yeah, maybe we looked a little bit lost tactically. He was chopping and changing formations. One of his arguing sticking points that he tried to make to the board was that three of his summer signings had only played basically the best part of 60 minutes together, all three on the pitch, Bailey, Ings yeah. and Wendy. So I can see that. But ultimately, Aston Villa fans, they love Dean Smith. You won't find one Aston Villa fan that will say a bad word about him. And I think it's even more helpful that the Gerrard transitions worked even well. So people can say, thank you, Dean Smith. And the fan base isn't split, whether he yeah. should have gone or not.
2: And he, he he sort of walked into Norwich quite quickly, didn't he?
1: Yeah. And I think I think that shows, you know, the, the, the profile that Dean Smith holds. Um, you know, for me, if he goes down into the championship, he'll come straight back up. Likewise, mm-hmm. though, he's got a little bit of bite and hunger to try and prove a lot of people wrong that he can keep this Norwich team up. And now I think if Dean Smith does keep Norwich up, could be one of the, you know, could be up there for for me. If one of the biggest recognitions of the season if he does that.
2: He, you'd almost like to say that he would deserve manager of the season. You know, he wouldn't get it because that will go to Pep or um, Tuchel, whoever yeah. you know win, wins wins the league. Um, but uh, but then um, Stephen Gerrard came along. You, you must have thought your Christmas had come early, mustn't you? Yeah,
1: I was quietly very very happy about this. Um, Half my side of my family is Scottish, all Rangers nice. fans. So I've watched a lot of Rangers in the last couple of years. And mm. there was one thing that I noticed at Rangers, which was he had a clear style of play. Um, for a manager to also go unbeaten, it doesn't matter what league you play in. For a manager to go unbeaten domestically in the league in a whole season, I think is phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal. And Steven Drow, the name carries itself.
2: Yes, I, I, I mean, it doesn't happen that often. You, you know, the Invincibles did it, uh, Arsenal, obviously, down here once in a blue moon. I forget when it was, but it was a while ago. It was interesting to see. I was waiting to see what Rangers fans' reaction was because the way that Brendan left Celtic to come to uh, Leicester mm. was almost identical to the way Gerard. Left Rangers to 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 come to to us. Uh, sorry, to come to you. Sorry, Uh doesn't <laughs> slip there. Uh, and it was pretty much they, they weren't happy, were they? Which I guess isn't is natural.
1: I think it's a positive sign that if a, if the football club is angry and the supporters are angry that they've mm-hmm. lost their man, Jarrod's um, reputation now is a little bit tainted up in Scotland. But is he probably that bothered? No. <laughs> He's no. got bigger fish to fry down here now. Um, so, yeah, it's a good reaction, in my opinion, knowing that we've got ourselves a great manager.
2: And Do you think, you know, when we got Brendan Rodgers, um, we thought, great, we've got him. He's come. He's, he's got this plan in place. And we didn't think he's going to be with us. And I don't think managers are these days. can be like a Ferguson or a Wenger, where they're there for 20-odd years at a club. But... You know, we thought with Brendan, well, he might be here for sort of maybe four or five years, then a bigger club will come in and take him. Do you think you are the uh, the starter for gerard's main course at Liverpool? I think
1: naturally one day he'll want to manage Liverpool. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Personally, would I go in after Jurgen Klopp? No, because <laughs> I think you've got such big shoes to fill yeah. that you're almost set up for failure. You see it with Sir Alex Ferguson. You see it with Arsene Wenger. You know, it's such big shoes to fill. So for me, Gerard, Gerard could stay at Villa for four or five years, in my opinion, if it all works mm. out. He could take us to the lofty ambitions that we have of getting back into European football. Um, and so, look, I, I do think eventually Villa, if he does well here, will be that, that starter for him to go on and manage a Liverpool, mm. a big club. But I'm happy. I'm happy that if that works out, if he does get the Liverpool job because of his merit, that means he's done well at Aston Villa, and he can't yes. complain.
2: No, no, like you say, he, he wants to be the one that follows the one that follows Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, he, really. Yeah. Um, uh, your new your new chairman, uh, Pup, I can never say his name. Pulich is it?
1: The new what Villa chairman?
2: The owner, yeah,
1: the owner. So, yeah, we've got obviously we've got a few. So, we've got Nassi Suarez and Wes Edens are the money men, but the big right. the man who sort of does a lot of the commercial side, the sort of the the overseers, Christian Perslow.
2: Perslow, that's it. I always want to say Pulichet, <laughs> get it wrong, but I heard him on Talk Sport, um, when they, they they'd brought out the uh the um government's. Inquiry into uh, into football, etc. He speaks very, very well, and um, you know he has got a handle on what <laughs> what I would call you know a a a decent if you like chief executive or whatever his position is. Right. You know he, he wasn't you know expecting to go and win the Premier League straight away, but he can see there's a plan, and maybe in a few years you'll be up there challenging. But he, he does seem to have a, a good handle on what's going to be happening at Aston Villa.
1: Yeah, there aren't many CEOs like him, in my opinion, who are very good at communicating, but also in terms of not just, you know, articulate, but, you know, he only released a video a week or two ago about the progress of Aston Villa. Um, and, it, and it was released on our website about him sort of talking through how the first couple of months go, the reason over Gerard, mm-hmm. the academy, the, the, the plan to expand the stadium. So he's very happy to sit and almost communicate to fans those sort of uncertain questions. Um, which is what every
2: good football club needs. Yes, definitely. The game. Um, it could have got... I mean, this is the nearest thing I suppose we've got to... Uh, to. Well, it's the only thing we've got in the Midlands derby in, in the Premier League at the moment. <laughs> um, I must admit, going into this, although I'll never predict against my team, I did predict a draw because of the way Leicester are playing at the moment. Did you think coming into this, this is a good time to be playing Leicester?
1: I'll be honest, I didn't actually look at Leicester's form coming into this. And I think that's different to how I would have if Dean Smith was in charge. Right. And I'm being really honest, and I think a lot of Villa fans felt like that, there's such feel-good vibes at Villa and Villa Park that it's just like, bring on whoever's next. Yeah. Uh, and that's the sort of mantra at the moment. So, you know, I, I was a bit like, bring on bring on Leicester. We can beat yeah. them if we play our game. Um but also, I I did have at the back of my mind knowing that Leicester haven't been the same sort of outfit as they have been the last couple of seasons, and and that's probably why I was even more positive than maybe I would have been a year or two ago.
2: It, it's it's as uh, somebody a lot better than me at this once said, it's a funny old game, and uh, you know, like you said, I just don't know what what's happened um, to Leicester. I mean, our defence. And we can't blame injuries because we've got less injuries this year than we had last season, mm. um, and we're struggling. Terry says, uh, and, and David, good evening to both of you. Agrees uh, on the stream he was watching. The commentator said both Villa and Leicester both think having a defence is optional. We definitely do. do. Do you as well? Do you struggle with that? I mean, I've noticed you are you've, you've let in twenty four this season, which is three less than us. So, I think. I think under Gerrard, we've definitely
1: shown that we are a lot tighter, mm. a lot tighter. Shit. Um, if you look at it, we've we've conceded four goals in in four games, one a game. Uh, two of them came against, um, two of them came against, you know, Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, and two were great finishes. So you take you take City out of the equation. One against you, one against Palace. Uh, first off, we were defensively a bit of a shambles, and I was a little bit worried that Leicester could have capitalised that on that and I don't think you did. I don't think you Definitely. struck the sword where you needed to in that first half. Whereas now whereas in the second half and Jared came out and said this, he reorganized the team. And I think we're defensively very good second half.
2: It was it, it was I think one of those um as they say game of two halves. And um it was interesting because it was the and I think this is what annoys a lot of Leicester fans and no disrespect to, to, to Gerard and Villa but he's the the new kid on the block, if you like, you know, his his experience in the Premier League is literally before the game was three matches, and he's up against Brendan Rodgers, who's supposed to be the you know, be able to walk on water, and and he he outthought him, and out, you know, and you've you've now gone above us, albeit by by one goal, goal you know, goal difference mm. in the in the league, but it, it it's just so annoying, and I just don't know. From a Leicester's point of view, how are we going to drag ourselves out of this? Um, I mean, you were unlucky last season to um, not get into Europe. And to be totally honest with you, and congratulations on the win. I'd say overall, you probably just deserved it. But I like to see clubs that aren't in the... Well, you know, I call them the ESL 6. Um, and you know, if it's you or West Ham, whoever getting up there challenging I think I think it's great mm. that, that these mm. clubs can go in and and, and and break the ceiling as they say.
1: Yeah I gotta agree got to agree and um I think a lot of football fans want to see that if I'm honest a lot of football fans mm. would love to see you know these these different clubs break into Europe. Yes
2: and um where, where do you I mean we've got to talk about it? I I've I've not mentioned it yet, but the uh the VAR disallowed goal. What, what are your thoughts this on that? Uh
1: during my watch along, I wasn't happy. Um mm. I really wasn't happy. I've seen them given. Um, I've seen I've seen them given in the Premier League this season, um, in other leagues. Look, the rule the rules there and the initial interpretation that they were all telling them after the game with the studio is that Kasper Schmeichel had control of the ball for one twelfth of a second. But then I saw something today that you cannot be in control of the ball if there is off a rebound or a goalkeeper save. So again, the the, the interpretation of the rule is obviously Casper has made the initial save from Matty Cash. Apparently, um, apparently, you know, from what from the the rule I've read again today, the ruling of it is is that the exception of being in control of the ball. Is off this rebound, and that was a rebound. Um I, I, I wasn't happy with Casper Michael's reaction. I know maybe the other way, if it was the other way, Emmy Martinez may have done the same, but let's be honest, Jacob Ramsey didn't touch his hand. Um he, he got all of the ball and kasper has gone down like his hand's been stood on and broken, which I get you're gonna try and play and make sure they are and I think that had not gonna lie, I think it had a little bit of an impact, had a little bit of an impact on swaying the decision.
2: As Facebook users said, I mean, he said, "They're yeah, a Leicester fan, it's a goal all day. And I always look at these things and think, well, if it was the other way, would I be screaming for the goal? And I have to say, yes, I would. And I, I've just done an FA Cup draw stream with a Burnley fan. And apparently Nick Pope had the ball in his hands. It was headed out yep. of his hands and into the goal. I haven't seen it, to be honest with you. But the guy that was in the middle... For for your game for that game, sorry, was on the VAR for our game, and yet one of them, he's got control when he's got he hasn't got control, when he's got two hands on it, but Casper has when he's got one one hand on it, and yet Dermot Gallagher, obviously does these for the 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 Sky and the TV, he's backing it and saying, um, and I, I think for me, and then if because we can also then look at the uh, the the penalty appeal we had with Luke Thomas, which wasn't a penalty, you know, uh, I think he tripped over himself, but last season that would have been given. And this is the thing with fans. It's changed every season. We don't know what the rules are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're changing the laws all the time and it is getting a bit pedantic and frustrating. And, you know, I'm sure we'll see, um, I'm sure we'll see that rule change again. I'm sure we'll see that rule change again, where all of a sudden, The control of the ball is is different, you know. As as someone's just said, there it might be that you have to have two hands. But yeah, and you know, I I don't think the referees had a massive saying. And I think you know, if it stayed one all, I would have been very frustrated uh, yeah. about that decision. But I'm not as bothered because, because we won. If I'm honest,
2: <laughs> of course that, that that that's natural. And you really sort of you 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 did a Leicester on Leicester because. As soon as we scored, and I've got to be honest with you, Harvey Barnes, it was a great goal, mm. and uh, I thought, oh, great, here we go. You hit us back within a couple of minutes, and then you hit us straight after the um, wow. after the the, the the second half started with 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 the corner. Um, we am going to ask you about Grealish. I've got to I've got to mention him. We're going to go through the show. I mean, a billion pound for him—that that's that's not bad, is it? But is it is it that much of a miss tough
1: one um under dean smith 100% hmm. you can see the absence of grealish i think under gerard it, it would be been interesting to see him play under gerard and the system that we're playing now hmm. and the the fast one touch attacking football but at yeah. the same time at the same time grealish doesn't play that way he holds on to the ball for a while, and it would been interesting to see because Gerard's philosophy in the final third is quick, interchangeable football. And you would have seen glimpses of that yesterday, where when we play in that final third, it's quick one-touch passes, one or two yeah. touch. Uh, Greenish doesn't do that, so it would been interesting to see how he would have dealt with that in Jack Greenish, and whether he really tried to coach that out of him, whether he would allow Greenish to do it. Um, but look, I'm always going to say we would still take Jack, a player of Jack's quality, in our squad. He's a great player. Whether you I take mean, him I, back, another
2: thing I wasn't surprised he was booed because when, when you played Man City, because ex players always are, you know, no yeah. matter how how good they were for you, you know, as in as in Mares and, and Kante, you do. Um, but you, like I can say, do you think you know you, you've, you've answered it really? You know, you said you'd take him back mm. in, in a heartbeat,
1: yeah. I mean, some villa fans wouldn't, mm. um. I I wouldn't take him back... Well, it's hard because someone like Ashley Young's come back. Now, never did I imagine we'd sign Ashley Young again um, and him playing for Villa. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, Grealish's heart is with Villa. You sort of have to look at it and go, he's he's made a career decision to Mm. basically try and win trophies that he would never have the chance of winning at Villa, a Premier Mm. League, a Champions League. And he's also and paid a bit more money as well so yeah i think we'd all do it but i think
2: we would i think if ever, if whoever we take off our you know club colored tinted mm-hmm. spectacles we we, we we do the same in our everyday jobs yeah. and you know he he only he said he'd only it was in his contract wouldn't he'd only go for a champions league club yeah and, and you know you've got a bit of money out of him have has that been spent wisely
1: <sighs> it's hard one i'm trying to work that out really because hmm. We bought Danny Ings, um, Buendia and Leon Bailey. What's happened is, is that Leon Bailey is basically playing every couple of games and getting injured. Danny Ings started really well scoring goals, but it's completely fell off the face of the planet and has become sort of like non-existent and now has picked up an injury. And Buendia is one of these players who's running really hard, shows moments and glimpses of quality but not quite doing enough still Mm. to give the numbers to justify it. And it's going to be interesting. You sign three players for the price of one, all on paper have real good attributes, but it's not worked out yet. Um, So we'll see. Maybe they're a next season sort of player.
2: Will Gerard be given money in January? I
1: think he will. I think that would be part of the agreement that if you're going to come and... um, join us, have have a war fund. Whether he goes and raids Rangers is another thing because I know that, for example, Rangers have got a bit of a financial crisis. They are short of money. You can take some of their players. If I was to see Jared take a player, I'd like us to be improved in the fullback area first. That's where I'd like to see Villa improve, attacking fullbacks, who can get into that final third. And, you know, I think Matty Cash, our right back, wasted so many opportunities in the final third yesterday Mm. uh, from crosses, Mm. from shots Um, so that's where I'd look to invest, yeah
2: Just to end on, I I appreciate you you've got to go, you've you've got something planned so just two quick questions what are your hopes for Villa for the season and what do you think Leicester can achieve this season?
1: So before the season started with Dean Smith in charge I said, I want Aston Villa to make progress from last year, which essentially for me was finish above Um, 11th. Top 10. Top 10. We had our start with Dean Smith, and we found ourselves flirting near the bottom. And then all of a sudden I was like, do we need to change our goalposts now? Do we need to Mm. just say cement Premier League safety and try and go again? Now Gerrard's back. He's given me belief. Um, It's an open league. I see
0: walls up there.
1: I see Brighton up there. I see West Ham up there. I see Spurs. Uh, Still going to say finish higher than we are, but I'd love to try and sneak into that eighth place. I really would. Um, And as for Leicester... Leicester Be kind to us. I think think Leicester are going to finish outside the top 10. Mm. I think Leicester are going to finish outside the top 10. I think there's going to be serious questions over... Rogers, whether he is someone that moves on and he got linked to like the Manchester United job, didn't he? And
2: um, no, he, he was he was even being linked with Barcelona. If there was a job going, he was being linked with it. You know, it's uh, it is a funny season because I mean, it, we've seen it, you know, anybody can go out and beat anybody, yeah. You know, whether we've actually punched above our weight for um, maybe two seasons and maybe now there's more teams. You know, before the same last like scene, there was us some West Ham that were trying to break the mold. There's more teams coming through now, which makes it harder. And maybe it's just a season where we've got to go, yeah, let's just, you know, let's just consolidate a bit now, you know. But fans, once we do well, we always want to do better, don't we? Yeah.
1: I, I don't know if you can correct. Did Leicester spend quite a bit of money in the summer?
2: Well, we we got Ryan Bertrand on a free, mm-hmm. um, we got Dakar. Uh, who, who looks a really good prospect. And there is Sumare, who the, the door's open on at the moment. So they were the two sort of main buys. Uh, Luckman, who is still having trouble with this right wing position. Mm-hmm. Uh, under couldn't do it last season. That, look, uh, sorry, Under couldn't do it last season. Luckman is, he flirts. Sometimes he's good. You never know which Luckman's going to turn up. And then we bought Vestergaard in at the last minute. Um, God knows, God help us. <laughs> yeah. not, not not the not, and we're now being linked with Eloise, whatever he's called, another Southampton defender. These are guys we put nine no nine goals past, and we've gone out and bought them. And Bertrand was a free. Uh, but you know, they can't even get near the team, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. It is a question, unfortunately, being fans, we are fickle. And, yeah, I love Rodgers to bits for what he's done. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a tough season, a, 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 a consolidating season. But um, but it hurts me to say, but I'm going to say, it, well done on the win. <laughs> <Fine, dude. laughs> <Yes. laughs> Thank you. That does hurt, you know. <laughs> and uh, in the... Um, in the FA Cup come on Man United that's all I will say
1: who knows we've got 100% record against Man U so far this season so yeah. who knows but that was with Ollie in charge I guess
2: this is the thing isn't it it's a diff- it is a different uh, kettle of fish now But as indeed as indeed Villa are Josh give everybody a shout out your link is in the description below if anybody wants to go and follow you but just um, give a shout out to how people can find you on social media and YouTube
1: yeah, cheers, guys. Um, obviously, channel name a view from the stands. Um, uh, though I'm a Villa fan, we do a lot of watch alongs uh, across different games. Um, and and you know we've got a great community in the chat who love talking football, like I'm sure you guys love to do. And um, yeah, so view from the stands on YouTube or social media is at Avfts1. Um, I'm really enjoyed talking to uh, Chris. Really appreciate it and nice. thank you for having me on.
2: I appreciate you coming on. I thought I wanted to do it different this season. So rather than do a preview, I thought I'd do the review. Mm. Uh, I've not picked the right season to do it, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but there we go. Look, thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate you giving up your time. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season, mate. And uh, maybe we'll chat when we play you again later in the season. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Cheers,
2: Chris. Thanks so much. All the best, mate. Stay Cheers. safe. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. That was Josh from A View From The Stands. Do go and check him out. His link is in the um, description uh, below on YouTube. Give it a click. It's a a really, really, really good channel. Go and check it out. Um, Speaks volumes on Bertrand. In pre-season, he looked great, but since he got COVID-19, he's been awful. I mean, you can get long COVID-19, can't you? And that goes on and on and on. Obviously, the name gives it away. And the thing is, David, and and I do see what you say in there, but when when Ricardo first came back, he didn't look as good, did he? When you know Castagna's come back, he he doesn't look half the player that he was before. Madison, he's only just now starting to show the form that we had because when he came back off injury, you know. <sighs> I don't know what's happening at this club. I mean, you know, Wesley Fafana, he, he couldn't believe the, uh, good evening, Rennie, how are you? Wesley came out and said he can't believe how intense the training is here. It must be intense because we're getting so many injuries from non-playing injuries, if you like, so from training. What is going on? Is training too intense? But when these people are injured or, or got COVID or whatever you, and this is what... You know it is taking them a long time to come back, and that's understandable. Uh, it, it really, really is. Um, you know, especially for the likes of Jamie Vardy and the older players. Um, but we buy players, and and like you said there, I, I thought Bertram was good pre-season. I thought this is good. Um, I won't go as far as Brad said about <laughs> we're paying more than his wage. He's just not got on, he's just not got in. And we bought players. And I know they've got to earn their rights to get into the team, but they haven't been. You know, they, they haven't. Um, I thought the training ground was supposed to improve us. Well, you've got the facilities, but it's what you do at the facilities, like I say. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, we sign these players and they should come in. Um What I worry about is that the injured players that we've got out, Wesley. Yes, he's a big loss. Somebody said earlier, uh, and obviously James, Justin, bigger loss than we thought. I mean, he's done, you know, played really better than we, I think, we thought he would be. Um, I I just think when they come back, they're not going to solve. We're not suddenly going to have Fafana back on on. Let's say, for example, the fifteenth of December. Just him back on the sixteenth of December, and then suddenly we're going to start winning every single game. Look at Ricardo. Look at Castagna. Look at uh, I'm going to say Maradona. Then look at Madison. Um, the, the, it's, it's going to take him a while to get back in. It's a very, very tough December, and at the by the end of December, my fear is that we could be out of the carling cup because we're playing you know away to liverpool in that we could be really well down the table possibly looking you know towards the bottom and remember what happened with claudio on that uh, you know you only get so much free time if you you know are winning something these days and we could be in the conference in in europa conference league so <laughs> I, I, I am I am worried. Uh Rene, you saying what is your lineup for Napoli? Do you know what I, I can't tell? I really can't tell with Brendan Rodgers. I mean, and I go back to to, 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 to uh, Nigel Pearson when we were in the championship, right? We before we got promoted. That season, we, we, we basically, we, we walked the division. We got over 100 points. We broke away winning records. home winning. We, 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 we broke every record going virtually. And you know what? I could have said on the 5th of December, the team that Nigel would be putting out on the 21st of January because it was the same team week in, week out, week in, week out. And look what happened. We walked the division. He gets into the Premier League. We have a few good, um, a few good uh, um, uh, games, and then it all goes wrong because he's changing it week in, week out. He's changing the formation. He's worrying too much about the opposition. That sound like anybody to you? I think that's what Rodgers is doing at the moment. And you know what I mean. I've got a. Tuchel, he plays. He's come in at Chelsea. He said, "This is my favourite formation. You guys don't work with this formation. You go in." Tammy Abraham, you, you're not fitting into my idea. I'm, I'm getting rid of you. I don't how good you are. No point in having the players, no matter how good they are, if they don't fit in the way that you think you want to play. Um, and all he does, every he, he's got this system. He's got this formation. You're injured. Out. And he's putting another square block into a square hole. And I just I, I just don't, you know. Brendan's trying to overthink things. You know, he sits, he, you know, he stands on the edge, he applauds open, you know, like a seal hoping somebody's gonna give him a fish. And I, I just I worry for him. I worry for him. As I just said then about Dean Smith and Aston Villa to Josh the Villa fan. Some managers have a shelf life that takes them to a certain position. And, you know, once they've hit that, that's as far as they can take the club. Is it with Brendan? Brad, have you calmed down yet? You <laughs> you had a go at me the week before about my rant and then you were saying virtually exactly the same on your rant. Um Let's look, I mean... In atcho, I think he's gonna to have to he's gonna to want to leave. I mean, you know, God's sake, he was our top scorer last season. Brendan, you're not playing our top scorer from last season. Why? <sighs> ward, yeah. I, I think give ward a chance. I think Schmeichel needs to be taken out of the spotlight a little bit. You can't pick somebody purely on their name, has Brendan got the balls and the bottle to do it. Uh Amate. I never thought I'd be saying this, but bring Amate back in. Um I'm not sure about Luckman. I'm really not sure. I think he he he's he's going off the boiler for me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Daco and show up front. But then again, Viney didn't start at the weekend. Maybe, maybe he's gonna be coming on. Um, you know, Va- and it's all right. Brendan, you're thinking like, well, I'm gonna put Vardy on for this big game because he's our greatest ever goal scorer. Blah 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 blah. Let's put Vardy on. Give him players, put players on the pitch that will pass the ball to him. There's no point putting him on there and then putting players on the pitch that aren't going to get the ball through to him. There's no point. There's no point. Um you you see, I'm 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 going now again, aren't I? I think the game versus Napoli will tell us a lot about our mentality and when we have any bottle about us quite possibly quite possibly i guess that nope is a uh, no to you haven't calmed down yet um you know who, who knows what team is going to break who knows what team you're going to pick sorry but certainly a marty should be in there uh, i'd i'd have kdh i really would have kdh in there uh, i don't think he did much wrong uh, the weekend compared to to the others, um, yeah. Inacho, I mean the the guy. Like I say, if he if he doesn't put a transfer request in in January, then I would be very very surprised. Guys, look, we're back tomorrow at seven o'clock. Uh, we've gone got we have in fact got the European preview with me and Craig, when we are going to be looking at the um, the match, uh, the Napoli match. And uh, we're going to be having Terry join us. And Terry is a Napoli fan. So that will be interesting. We're actually going to have a Napoli fan on. um, Based in London. Um, He's going to be coming on tomorrow at 7 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock, it's the last X on the pitch of the year. Um, We're giving it a break then over Christmas and New Year. So Julian Watts, obviously ex-Leicester City player myself, we're going to be looking at each individual team and how they performed this season, and have they overperformed, underperformed, average? You know, you know what I'm saying. So we're going to be doing that at nine o'clock. So double, double trouble tomorrow, guys. It was nice to have the Aston Villa fan on. Um, it hurt. <laughs> Believe you me, I felt, I felt like this. Oh, uh, yes. <sighs> I feel like that most times when I watch Leicester these days. Oh, it's a big, big month. That's all I'm going to say. It is a massive, massive month. I will see you tomorrow night at seven. Thanks to everybody that joined in in the chat. Thanks if you're watching this. Thanks if you've listened on the podcast, uh, on all the normal places. And we will see you tomorrow at seven. Good night now. <laughs>
0: Happy new year. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can
2: also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates
0: and news. Come on you foxes.